to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. Welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Podcast number 151, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bang! Find your way to Texas, and because of the coronavirus lockdown, traffic will be pretty light. And uh, get southeast corner of Houston, of Texas is Houston, southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where each of us are quarantined in our own individual domains out around the Sugarland area. My name is Bill Cox. We are not pastors, we're just regular guys, and we're so glad that you joined us. We call this the spiritual oasis for men because each of us, and we recognize that many of you are on that spiritual journey yourself. And so what we do is we take a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or a Sunday School lesson. We go through it. We update it. We also put a man's spin on it. And what is different about us is we have a panel discussion of guys that are from different types of occupations and different temperaments different passions, but we're all each on this faith-based journey, and I'm absolutely certain you'll identify with one or maybe more of us, and that's why we're glad you're here. This This is stuff that you can talk about only here, and certainly not in this climate anywhere else. My name is Bill Cox, and we use various uh, periodicals to go ahead and uh, uh, use for our um, for our lessons, and we're in a Baptist Way Press uh, called Connect Three Hundred and Sixty Study Guide. It's a study of Matthew, and it's about the miracles and it's the transforming power of Jesus. And this particular lesson, we're on lesson nine, is get out of the boat, and it's uh, about. Jesus, when the disciples are in the boat and the storm is coming in and they are fearful and Jesus uh, actually walks out to the boat and the quick read is that Jesus has control over everything in heaven and earth. And what I thought would be a great way to start this off is because we're each in this uh, COVID-19 quarantine, I think that we're kind of on our way out, but I wanted to have each of the panelists kind of assess their performance, talk about maybe the things that they did well and the challenges that they've had. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically the host and the director of Man Up. Um, 
my personality type. I'm an extrovert. I've done writing, acting. I work as a contractor, so I'm out in the field a lot. I have not done well in, during this uh, quarantine period, even though I've had the opportunity to go out and do it and work because uh, they determine that construction is an essential business, but I just haven't had a lot of business. I've done a few quotes, I've had a few projects going on, and I haven't utilized my time at home well. And as a matter of fact, I've been irritable. Uh, I, I've been fairly poor uh, as far as uh, my, uh, my bedside manner. It's, it, it hasn't been good. And as far as utilizing the extra time, I'm kind of a reader. And I haven't really maximized my time either. And I just want to let any of you out there that think that you're alone in that. I, I, I don't wanna say I went, I've been into depression. It's just, it's un, totally unfamiliar territory to me because if I'm alive, I like to work. I, I enjoy it. I don't shy away from work. And going through this quarantine has not been easy for me. So I wanna go ahead and, uh, uh, just let the other panels introduce themselves. Just talk a little bit about how they've done it too. And uh, start with, uh, he's a professional policy writer. He's also a bit of a professional gambler, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, thanks, uh, Bill. It's funny that you mentioned your, your experience as an extrovert and, and to kind of balance that, I won't say that I've actually enjoyed this uh, era of social distancing, but I'm much more of an introvert. And so I'm the guy in the meme who's, you know, the, who's, who's kind of, oh, this, 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 you know, I don't have to make small talk. I don't have to go talk to people. Uh, I, can, uh, I can stay at home. And, and, but, but part of this is that also, uh, and, and I'm kind of talking about this here for the first time, um, probably next week you're going to have to introduce me as a retired or former policy analyst because I'm, I'm pretty much embracing retirement right now. Um, and, and kind of for the last few weeks, and, and, and Coach, you're going to get on my case because I write for, I will still write for Man Up, uh, but I've been, kind of been laying off writing. Um, I've had my ups and downs, but in the last few weeks I've been kind of leaning into this. And, uh, you're all going to laugh, but I've been jumping on um, Marvel Unlimited, which, you know, you know 10,000 comic book editions, been, been going through some of my favorites that I, you know, never had a chance to read, um, and uh, been, been doing stuff, you know, I'm basically kind of managing the household, because uh, my wife is still working, um, and doing well, and, and, uh, but you know, I'm I'm basically making sure you know, not a, the bills get paid, the food gets bought, uh, the food gets cooked, the mow the lawn gets mowed, and and um, really basically beginning to just use this as a transition. Um, I'll probably still be playing poker. Can't play can't play anywhere now right now. Um, 
but uh, looking looking forward, we'll, we'll, we'll look into that come come the summer and fall and see what we can do. Uh, but so so there's a study in contrast, Bill. Um, it's, I'm not to say that you know I'm having a great time because I do miss going to church. Uh, we did have tickets for the Astros and Yankees, which were, was to be paid, played in in two weeks on the 16th, May 16th. That doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, and so uh, it's it's not it's not been it's not been a, a walk in the roses. But I found myself basically, you know not going bananas and basically deciding this is kind of the way it is. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to lean into it and I'm going to, you know, begin a transition of where I want to be. And, you know, this, this, this also focuses you because now after this, you know, I'm not going to waste time. I know what I want to do. I know what I got. I know what's on my bucket list, so to speak, and let's get working on it. And some of that will be, I should meant to say, some of that will be this man up. We've been, we, this is, we, we have our own nonprofit organization now. So there's uh, things to do with that. There's, there's things to manage that. I'm looking forward to that. So there we are. They'll study in contrast. That is, that <laughs> is awesome. And uh, I'd like to go now to uh, Michael Cropper. And he is an attorney. He's also a prosecutor. And I'd like to have him just kind of talk about, you know, grade himself on and how he thinks that he's managed it and maybe the uh, challenges that he's had. Okay, I get an A-plus for myself. Okay, hold on. No. <laughs> I am on. Okay, I get an A-plus for myself. Is that all you want, Bill? <laughs> nice. Okay, no, nice. no, let me. I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, let me let me go a little bit further. Uh, first of all, I, I I understand, Bill, what you're saying. Um, when you're in construction, when you were out with the people outside, and this is the way you work, and this is your your occupation. If you don't get to do that, it can be depressing. I was in that for 12 years as a carpenter and subcontractor prior to going to law school. And there were times when we had feasts and there were times when we had famine and it's up and down. And uh, boy, when you're not working and you want to work, it, 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 a man gets his, his character, his confidence, his ability from his job and his, from his occupation and from, from supplying for his family. So uh, I understand what you're going through. I, I have had plenty of work. I worked for the city of Houston. However, we are looking at possible furloughs and um, I'm doing fine through the quarantine. I'm getting a little bored staying home. Uh, I may not have mentioned to everyone out who's listened, but I do have a girlfriend, a fiance, and, and we get together and we watch movies and you can only get watch so many movies without uh, going going nuts. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Criterion you know, we, channel, the, the, at, at here, the Disney Plus is on during the day and early evening, and then after bedtime, I turn on the Criterion channel. <laughs> yes. so. That's good. That's good. We started playing, believe it or not, we started playing Mario Kart on a Wii. I have the last two says we just had a lot of fun, but again, you can only take so much of that before you you say enough is enough. Now I don't know how Steve you can sit there and play chess for hours, 
uh, or poker, pardon me, poker for hours, but I guess there's something to it. After a couple hours, I would probably say, oh, even if I'm winning, I'd say, you know what, I'm tired of this. I can't focus anymore. But anyway, I, I can't yeah, do it I, right now. I mean, because I don't, I'm, I don't have a VPN to do online stuff. And, uh, yeah. So, but, well, it's, it's different when you're there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We still Excellent. can. Uh, I know Excellent. we can still uh, uh, go through, and I, I still read the Bible daily and pray and stuff. And uh, anyway, so I, 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 what I worry about, Bill and, and Steve, of course, and Robert and, and Kyle, I, I worry about the people who are not able to work at all, who, who don't have a check coming in. Uh, I, I sympathize for them. And that's on my heart. All right, Bill. All right. Excellent. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, and yeah, another thing that's convicting about it is I've always talked about men need to be leaders. And a leader is typically only needed, well, is obviously needed in crisis. And uh, I pretty much haven't manned up to be the kind of leader during this crisis that I would expect to be. And that's another thing that's kind of uh, convicting for me as well. And I get—I don't know if it, it's just disposition or, or it being uh, this is out of my particular control because you typically, as a man, when there's a crisis, you like to get in there and work and work harder and that, that solves it where um, that hasn't been the case. But And that's why I wonder about uh, Robert Koshu. He is a world-class trainer for a fortune 100 company so he's totally transitioned to working from home and i'd like to have him not talk about maybe what he's been good at uh what has been a challenge and then maybe uh give himself an overall grade and i, I we took an a plus from uh michael cropper so i mean you can give yourself an a plus too coach you if you want no, I'm going with the C. <laughs> um, well, and this is why. Um, so I did. I transitioned to work from home completely. And and it's not like I'm on my couch or anything. We actually have a home office set up. I have two computer screens, just like I would at the office. Um, keyboard, mouse, um, a little portable dock that I plug into. So it's not my setup that's been different. It, it's just it, – it's – and this is kind of normal. We've talked a lot in our community chats in the talent development community about there is a grieving process because you're not in your quote unquote routine. You're not doing, you know, what you do. My normal day was get up at four in the morning, hop in my truck, drive to the office, stay, get to the office somewhere around six and stay at the office until four thirty or five and then drive home. That's not been my normal routine. So now I find myself working more 6 a.m. to 6 p. 6 a.m. or 6:30 a.m. to 6:30 p.m. Um, I've been 50/50 the first couple of weeks. I was not good at all about any kind of an exercise routine, other than going out walking with my wife in the evening at a local park. And for the last two weeks, I've started getting back on the elliptical, trying to just get some exercise in. But there are days, and, and it's been kind of funny because since I'm in training, we've been converting all of our classroom stuff or instructor-led stuff to virtual or CBT. So I have been busier than I'll get out from a work perspective. But, you know, honestly, there are days I've had a hard time getting started and keeping going. 
and part of it is, you know, it's the news cycle. It's the constant alerts on your phone. It's you're out of your routine. And, and I'm doing all the right things. I'm showering. I'm getting dressed. I'm, you know, doing the things I would normally do. But it's just because my routine has been upended. And I'm sure part of it, like Bill, I'm an extrovert. Um, I had been in front of people talking and training for people for 20 plus years. And so I've been limited to contact with my family and that's kind of been it. And I love my wife, but you know, I'd like to see other people occasionally, <laughs> not on a zoom call. <laughs> right. Right. Excellent. Hey, thanks so much. And yeah, I'd like to uh, finish up with, with this little segment <clears throat> just because just this gives you a cross section of the panel that we have here. And uh, he's a coon ass and uh, he's also class deacon. But he's very much an extrovert and an out of the office kind of guy, uh, insurance man. Uh, let's grade yourself and talk about uh, some of the challenges, maybe some of the things you've been good at, and and what you what has been a challenge for you, uh, Kyle Trahan. Well, I was having technical difficulties, but I see it looks like uh, you guys should be hearing me. Steve, give me a nod. Yep, great. Uh, just, I, I bought my little laptop for, uh, internet use really only. It must have the smallest video card imaginable. Uh, I, I've had to just cover up my, uh, my, my little camera and, uh, put a little picture on there. Uh, and it even comes and goes as we see, you guys can probably see that. Um, I, I'm going to grade myself at probably a D almost with this because I'm like Bill I, I and Robert I'm used to being in front of people um, standing in front of a crowd of 25 to 50 people is not an intimidation for myself I, I know that scares the ever-living daylights out of some but it's it's my wheelhouse uh, you know and it's it's just what I know to do the bad part for me with my work um, I work with seniors predominantly. So what's the first thing that you're supposed to stay away from with COVID-19? Basically everybody's 60 and older and most of my clients don't start till 65. So uh, it's been a whole new world for myself. Um, I, I love technology, but I don't like it. You know, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I can use the internet. I can learn a program. I, I can learn whatever I need to. I just don't like it. I, I'm, I'm more of a hands-on guy personally. If I could be a farmer the rest of my life and drive a tractor and know how the storms are going to come and when to plant this and that and the other, I could probably do that just fine and enjoy the heck out of it, you know, but the way my world is now is, is it's totally upside down. I haven't done well. Uh, I've, I've been a little depressed personally, uh, just because I'm ready. I'm ready to get back out in the world, but at the same time, again, for this crazy COVID and who my predominant clientele is, uh, unless they tell me just come to my home, I, it's everything's online. I, uh, anyway, so I give myself a, a serious D uh, in this scenario um, just because I, I don't know, I, I'm just ready for it to end. 
And now my thing, I guess, is I pray God gives us back some sense of what we used to have and not that thing they keep saying is our new norm. Mm. <clears throat> Excellent, our new normal. So uh, for you out there listening, and uh, you've heard a little bit, you, you certainly know our, our basic backgrounds if you found us on iHeartRadio or follow us on Facebook or SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Uh, we've got two D's, a C, a uh, high B, and an A plus. So uh, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much the range where the fellows uh, are falling in their response to the crisis. So um, I hope that gives you some consolation as you're looking over what you've done and the way you've responded to this crisis yourself. So, and with that, we're going to go ahead and we're going to move on to. Uh, Lesson number nine, uh, it is about the uh, miracle of the disciples uh, being in the storm. And uh, I just want to get a, uh, a quick overview from the panel and start with uh, Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, I have big letters in my notes, fear. Um, and uh, even right now, today, in, in, in with this uh, COVID-19, coronavirus thing, uh, the driver seems to be fear or is fear. Um, and it's being stoked deliberately by our media and by, by, and by social media, um, social networking. Um, and that is a shame because we're seeing what happens. Um, and as men, We've really got to overcome fear. We will not be happy. Uh, I, I think this goes for anyone, but especially men who, who set goals for themselves, uh, you know, who want, want to achieve something. Fear is, is a huge obstacle. Um, and we look at today that, you know, Peter gets out of the boat and it, and it works out for him for a while before he starts thinking too hard about it. But Really, that's a, it's a great title for the lesson, Get Out of the Boat, because um, when it comes to dealing with obstacles in life, it seems sometimes fear is the biggest or the baseline emotion that keeps men from reaching their fullest potential, and both spiritual, and I'm talking spiritually, professionally, economically, um, I, I, across the board. So we're, I, I hope to talk a lot about overcoming fear in this and the, and the um, and rewards that come with it. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, your overview of this lesson. Yes, yeah, Steve, uh, Steve hit on what the author really, really is hammering on in the lesson. The lesson, again, as Steve has mentioned, is about uh, um, Jesus walking on water and the fear that the disciples receive when they observe him. Uh, Jesus seems to have a pattern here. He wants to teach the disciples to trust him and believe in him as a Messiah. He does this through a progression of miracles. Uh, the pri previous time when they were on the water, uh, the disciples did not recognize him as son of God. But this time it will end differently when they go through, when you read this lesson. Um, the author in our lesson explains that he has been paralyzed with fear in the past. I don't know if anybody has ever been paralyzed with fear at any, any particular occasion or event, but I, I, I 
experienced a paralyzing fear uh, whenever I was uh, flying a solo flight on a, in a Cessna and uh, trying to land the airplane. And I, and I was landing out an airport in Arcola, which is south, south of Houston. And uh, you fly by visual flight rules. In other words, you don't fly by instruments. You fly watching and being able to see whatever uh, is in front of your airplane. I was landing at an airport. And there was about 600 foot up. And I remember looking and I had a clear path to the runway and there were some clouds that were blowing, but I, you don't see those. You're headed right. You're focused on the runway where you're going to land because in, in, in flying, you're three dimensional. You're not two dimensional like driving. And uh, I remember some, a cloud came over the front of my aircraft and I couldn't see anything. And I mean, I became paralyzed, the instinct there. And the author talks about an experience like this. Uh, and of course, we'll, Bill will read the, uh, the scriptures regarding the fear that the uh, disciples experienced this time. And uh, the cloud blew in front of me. I couldn't see anything. And, and your immediate response is do something, do anything. Try and turn the plane, get out of it, move it, anything, because it's just overwhelming. But I was, I was very lucky, I should say, the Lord was with me. In a few moments, I shook myself and said, you know what? I know I'm headed right for the runway. I'm not going to turn the airplane. And in a few minutes, I, a few moments, I was out of the cloud. Of course, it seemed like eternity at that time. But I was out of the clouds. I could see the runway in front of me. And I, I, remember, I know all of you remember that John F. Kennedy Jr. died from flying into clouds and at nighttime in an airplane when he could only fly visually for what he could see. And uh, he crashed his small aircraft with his wife, I believe, and her sister in the airplane. So uh, we depend on our vision so much to orient us and stabilize us and give us our presence of mind. And uh, I will stop at that, Bill, and go on because the lesson will be about that. And we'll, we'll hear about it in just a few moments. Excellent. Next story, Mike. Uh, Robert Koshu, uh, your basic overview of this particular lesson. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about get out of the boat here. Um, part of it with Christians in particular, there's been a really big group of Christians the last 20 years, and I know it's existed forever, but I'm just super aware of it because I saw it for, there for a while that there was a group of Christians that they wanted to only do business with Christian businesses. Their kids only had to go to Christian schools. They only had Christian friends. If there were Christian restaurants, that was the only restaurant they would go to. And they wouldn't do anything else because they had to make sure that they were, quote unquote, protected from the world. And, and some of, you know, you want to protect your children. And I sort of, and I do get that and I understand that. But at some point, you got to get out of the boat. And you got to get out and minister. And you got to get out. And the lesson for us is with what happened to Peter when he was looking at Jesus versus when he wasn't looking at Jesus when you look at this story. Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan, your basic overview of this lesson. Kyle Trahan. Oh, Kyle. Kyle. Well, and with that, we're going to go ahead and uh, I will read the uh, scripture and then we'll have to take a hard break and we will be right back and, and peel it back and uh, apply it. Okay. 
Uh, Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him on the other side while he sent the crowd away. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind stopped. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, You are certainly God's son. And with that, we'll go ahead and we'll take our hard break. This no. is Man Up Spiritual Oasis. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 151. And Kyle Trahan is back. And I hope. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Again, that fun little video card. I could hear you guys great, but I it just froze up. I couldn't take it off mute. So, okay. Um, just to to finish uh, that prior train of thought, there. You know, for for Peter, <clears throat> I, I can imagine his zeal and his enthusiasm with seeing Jesus walk on the water, doing all this, and he, he's just starting in his limited view to understand that he is God and all of this, uh, none of them really understood. Uh, and he, Oh, let me, let me, let me. It, so I saw this video on Facebook and it was a guy that was standing out on this bridge and he's calling his dog clapping. Come on, come on, come on. The dog runs up to his master and he gets out. Well, the bottom, he's on one of those things at the grand Canyon with the glass bottoms. And that dog just puts on the brakes, slides to a halt, and is just totally paralyzed. He doesn't know how to proceed because he's standing in the air as what he sees. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Oh, I, I don't like heights, and that, that would freak me the heck out. Uh, I barely like balconies on the 15th floor of a hotel, right? So, But 
I can see Peter in that same vein that, oh, wow, this is so cool. I got to go do this. And then you get out there and you really do look around yourself and say, oh, my God, what am I truly doing? Am I really bungee jumping off the side of a cliff? You know, or whatever. And that fear grips you because I know it sure as heck would for me. Yeah, interesting. Uh, I got from this lesson, I got the feeling and I was just uh, looking at my own life and what we're going through with the uh, with the quarantine and everything. And the storm uh, is actually me. I'm kind of raging against this cage to get out um, as opposed with having faith that it will be over with. And I think deal, everybody has a different personality type and they look at this lesson a little bit differently. Whereas being a man and being a leader, I'd like to be the one to say, and especially since I was in the Navy, that, oh, the storm wouldn't have bothered me being in the boat. Well, uh, actually, I'm fairly certain it would. And as a matter of fact, I, it's been hard for me to deal with this quarantine storm that we've been going through right now. So um, this, uh, this lesson really spoke to me. Um, Mr. Steve Tiffs, get, uh, get your view on this. This is a great Peter story in a, in a New Testament full of great Peter stories. Uh, it's so much like him. Uh, but he, I, I like that he kind of emerges as a hero in this one. Not, I mean, obviously he, he sinks, but he he gets excited. He, he's prone to doing it. He gets excited. He's the first, you know, he's so often the first guy running out, um, whether it's good or bad. When at, at the resurrection, we 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 know that as they approach, when they Mary Magdalene came back, they go out, and as they approach the tomb, Peter starts to run. Uh, but, you know, at the Last Supper, Peter's the first guy to say, I'm going to be with you to the end, Jesus. Uh, and uh, here he sees nice. Jesus on the water, which is, uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I've seen paintings of this. This is not a still water. We are described. This is choppy. It's, it's hard to stand up in a boat, let alone, you know, walk along the surface of a, of a choppy uh, sea, we see in Galilee here, right? I think it is. Um, but he gets out, he, 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 I, I'm coming to you, Jesus, he says. And he gets out and he does it. It's not like, you know, oh, you know, he's, this is not a lesson where we are scolded for attempting to be, be like Jesus. He gets up and we are told he begins to walk toward Jesus. He's doing it. Then in the middle, in, in the middle of this, Kind of like Kyle said, he realized, what the heck? And and he takes his he takes his eyes up. The, the doubt creeps in. The doubt creeps into his head, and says, what the heck am I doing? And immediately he starts to sink. But then he, then he calls out to Jesus and says, help save me, Jesus. And Jesus does. And and he does, he upgrades him for a little faith, but not notice notice he's not he's not upbraiding. Peter for getting out of the boat. And he's not saying, Peter, only I can walk on water. What he's saying, Peter, believe in me, keep your eyes on me, 
and you will keep walking on water. And that is an amazing story because again, it's, it's Peter had the courage to get out of the boat, um, which, you know, and you compare this to the, to the story we did a few weeks ago with the, with when, when Jesus calls the storm, they're all kind of scared. Now they're not as scared by the storm, but they're, they're wondering, you know, at first they, they don't know what they're seeing. Uh, they think it's a ghost, but then, then Jesus assures them it's them. And I'll, I'll leave others talking about it. Do not fear. Fear not. It's me. Uh, but Peter, Peter takes the chance. And for a while there, he's, He's, he's actually doing, again, like he's participating in the miracle, which is awesome. That is awesome. Michael Cropper, uh, your thoughts on this particular lesson? Yes, I think it's quite interesting. Um, did, did Jesus cause the storm to promote his agenda, or did he use the storm to promote his agenda or his benefit? No church question. It's very interesting because you think about it. He he made the disciples go get in the boat. Okay? And he dispersed the crowd and he stayed there and he prayed and he waited a long time till they were good and set out in the water in the ocean and water. And he knew the, the the storm was windy and he knew they couldn't hardly get anywhere. I think the Gospel of John says they get about three miles out in the water. Well, I estimate it was probably like six hours from the time they left because it was still daylight whenever he sent them away and put them in the boat and they went out, maybe maybe three hours. And it's as dark, and it's not only is it dark, but it's 3 a.m. in the morning. So we're talking five or six hours past, and they still hadn't made it to the other side. And if you look at a map of the Sea of Galilee, it's only about four miles wide there, maybe five miles wide where they're crossing. So he pushes them out in the boat. So it goes through my mind, the Lord can do anything he wants to get or accomplish something he wants to do. And prior to them being on the, on the water and Jesus was in the boat with them, he calmed the storm. He told the storm, be calm, and the winds died down. And they marveled, but they didn't understand. They absolutely did not understand. And our author of our lesson points this out. He says, uh, he said, this time, Jesus comes to them on the water, and they are terrified. They think it's a ghost. They think it's a demon. And, and remember, again, he has healed many, many, many people. He's cast out demons. He's even raised the dead. There's no question the disciples did not doubt that there were demons and that there were possibly ghosts, and there were things they could be afraid of. And this was nighttime. This was late at night. And so he comes walking on the water, and they are just terrified. They said, who could do this? They know that nobody, nobody, it's impossible for anybody to walk on the water unless they are possibly a demon or a ghost. So they see him, and he addresses them, and he says, uh, you know, it is I. I think John says, be of good cheer, it's me. John says this, but Matthew says, he says, it is I. And Peter says, can I come out on the water with, you know, bid me come if it's really you. And he says, come. Now, uh, the point I'm getting here after all this is, is, did Peter fail because he took his eyes off Jesus? Or did the other disciples fail because they didn't 
requests the opportunity to walk on the water, which you guys have touched on, which I, I think is just tremendous. And, 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 the, and the same thing goes for us in our life today. Do, do we fail if we do not take a chance when the occasion uh, comes or do we, we fail um, if we take the chance and we don't succeed as we think we ought to succeed? Anyway, I'll pass that. It's just, it's just very, very interesting. Michael's on fire. He is. So, uh, he is. I'll, I'll give a shot. Robert Koshu. <laughs> Robert Koshu. Your thoughts. So, I, I think, A, we fail, but at a different level when we don't choose to engage. If, if you're the first set of disciples, you don't really fail, but you have what, what's called that missed opportunity. You know, and, and we miss a lot of opportunities in our lives. And we've talked about this, and Steve can talk about this from a risk-reward standpoint. If you're not willing to take the risk, you're not willing to see that reward. And I think a lot of times in our faith, we miss things because we're not willing to take that risk to go out there and put ourselves out there for our faith and do the things that we're called to do. So I think you, you miss it that. So is it failure? Not really. Do you fail because you tried and did not succeed? Depends on why you didn't succeed. Um, in Peter's case, he failed because he got frightened and took his eyes off Jesus. Started looking down at the water and probably freaking out that, wow, I'm staying on water and this is cool and, and all that. But it, it's if you do not succeed, and I don't always call it failing. I call it not succeeding. Um, one of our favorite authors, John Maxwell, wrote a book called Failing Forward, where he talks about how to take your failure and move it forward. And I think that's something a lot of men are going to have a real good opportunity because, you know, if you were laid off or furloughed through all this, and there are going to be lots of men who are going to be heads of right now, there is 25 and a half million people that have been let go. This is April the 29th. So there is 59, 25 and a half million people that have lost their jobs because of this at this moment. That will get worse. A percentage is going to go back to work because a big percentage of what is quote unquote not working right now is furloughed because their company has said, hey, we can't pay you, go home, we'll call you when we go back in business. There's going to be a second wave of this as the economy continues contracting because of the long-term effects of being shut down for four to six weeks where more people are going to lose their jobs. There's going to be like a uptick so, or a downtick, so we may go from 25 to, say, 15. I'm totally making these numbers up now. But then we'll go back where we're 20 or 25 million because what you're going to have is some of those are going to go back to work and then the other half is going to lose it. Now, that being said, my point is how you did you, quote unquote, fail at your job because you lost your job because of this? No, you didn't. How you address that failure, I think, is where your faith comes into play and you determine how you work by, as John Maxwell likes to say, fail forward figure out what your opportunity is and what you can do and what you're going to do with it. Bill talked about trying to read during this time. I tried to pick up a better exercise routine. I was not successful, not as much as I wanted to be. I was somewhat successful, but not as much as I wanted to be. 
but it, it's finding ways to succeed when things don't go the way you are. But I think the key is having that courage to quote unquote, get out of the boat as you move forward with it, to even get started. That's where the courage comes in. Excellent. Kyle Trahan, uh, your uh, interpretation of this particular lesson. You know, I, I think there's what, 12 guys in a boat, right? Supposedly here, you know, the disciples were sent on the water. And, and Peter sees it again. I, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, he was super excited to see it. You know, and he's seen these miracles. He's seen the healings. Uh, have we done Lazarus yet? I've been doing a couple of different studies, so I'm kind of mixed up on what Lazarus will come. Lazarus comes very late. It's in John, actually. But, in, in, okay. In, but, but all right. It's, so it's, it's a, it's, uh, again, doing a couple of different studies, I was getting some of the miracles mixed up there. You know, but these guys have seen just some awesome things happen. Well, this has been kind of an awesome day for them. <laughs> I mean, they well, had they had yeah. a, you know feeding. They had they had you know they they it's it's we were talking last week. This is kind of the peak of Jesus' popularity and. And these, these miracles seem to be happening every year. Well, you know, so, you know, you got 12 dudes in a boat, and one sees, well, they all see Jesus, but one says, you know, tell me to come see you, and he jumps out of the boat. I, I, if I was not Peter, I would have been the guy, like, right on his heels, saying, that's really cool. But, you know, at that same time, you know, so Peter took his eyes off, so off of Jesus. And I think of, you know, like getting into one of those, I don't know, roller coasters or the, the big bungee swingy things that you sit down in the chair and all is just fine. And, you know, it's like, Oh, I'm treading on the water here. Then they let the little, you know, rope go and the rubber band slings you up again. That fear to me would be astronomical. I I'm sorry. I just wouldn't do it. But that's what I see these guys, you know, what Peter ran into is just that super excitement because he still doesn't truly understand through all of this. They don't truly understand till the end, which seems to be for a lot of us. We don't take what we get when we get it and understand then. Um the other point, just something Robert said a little while ago of taking risks. And, you know, I think about the, the interesting group here at Man Up and your careers and things that all of you have done uh, in different segments of your lives as I've gotten to know you over the last uh, several years really do speak risk takers. Uh, you know, so just as men, I, I truly got to applaud that, you know, the entrepreneurs and the different things that we have all done through our careers. Um, Mike Cropper starting uh, roughly when he was my age and going back to law school or something crazy. Uh, if I remember that right, in your 40s, I believe, Mike. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, I, I can't imagine going to college and starting a whole new career and, and doing it successfully. Uh, so, again, I just want to take that second. You know, the risk takers, I, I just got to applaud man up for, for being just that. Um, to that same notion of 
Robert, I think you did say it of get out of the boat. Uh, Steve, I think you said the same thing. <laughs> you know, it's pretty it, much it the theme. The author, the authors. <laughs> it's pretty the much the theme. And uh, sometimes it's scary as heck, but we have to do what feels right and put our trust in Jesus and keep our eyes on him. Very good point. And uh, I just want to chime in my own, uh, what I've learned. And uh, before we go around the panel one more time and and get some takeaways that all of us uh, can apply to our own life. To me, it, uh, it just boils down to this. As a man, I can take a step, but I need to know where that step is. And I prepare for that step, whether it's education, whether it's occupation, whether it's experience. Very rarely do I take those steps without knowing where I go and where I'm going and where it's going to lead me to. That's the difference between a regular step in life and a faith step. And this particular quarantine and COVID-19, the last six weeks, has taught me as much as I have prepared in my life and had a lot of experiences, I am not good at the faith step yet. And I need Jesus in my life to help me with that. And this lesson came at a, a, at a perfect time for me because it is only through him uh, and his grace that I will be able to, to take those steps. And maybe you out there listening feel the same way. And with that, we're going to go around the room one more time and uh, get some, maybe some practical takeaways that, that you didn't think about. Uh, start with Mr. Steve Titch. Um, practical takeaways. Uh, turn off cable news. Really, turn off cable news and, and approach your social media feed with a jaundiced eye. Because uh, let, let me tell you from a, from, a, from a media point of view, if I'm, if I'm a cable network, what I'm trying to do is get tweets and retweets and posts and reposts uh, and get mentions of the anchorman who's paid millions of dollars so, you know, so, so the, the network, network execs can justify his salary. So like we're looking this week at some optimistic news with, States beginning to talk about reopening their economies, doing it at various paces. People are feeling a little better, a little more optimistic. So, so right on time, like the like the like the 1010 bus. The meat supply chain is breaking down. If you read some of the stories earlier this week, you'd think that as of Friday, there'll be no more meat in anywhere in the country. And that is absolutely ridiculous. Yet you see it being promoted heavily by 
not by the cable news networks and repeated by people, oh, I'm going to rush to the store now. And of course, people are doing exactly what they did six weeks ago with toilet paper. They're running there and they're buying up meat. Now, I don't want to be cynical, but I'll simply say this is being driven by Tyson and Smithfield and some of the other big meat processors who, if you read some of the articles and go down like 15 paragraphs where analysts talk, are sitting on boatloads of frozen meat that they couldn't sell to the restaurants, to like to the, to the, to the, um, uh, the the Bennigans, uh, the what what's the you know the the buffets at Vegas I can think of that that which which buy a lot of that meat it's there it is now it is, they have no choice to, to sell it to the warehouse and the warehouses like Costco and Walmart they drive hard bargains so these meat processors don't want to sell their surplus at a you know at the at the lowest premium they can or even perhaps at a loss. So they got to gin up some demand, and and so I'm not saying yet. There's been some issues with the with fresh meat, but don't go out panic buying your chicken, because this is a fake crisis right now. I'm saying it. I'm calling it. And, um, and uh, likewise, but you know, fear, fear. We've seen we've seen it in you know we've seen it with the panic buying. We've seen it with with racist attacks on Asian people. Uh, and it's absolutely ridiculous in many ways. And I don't think, and I think looking back, I don't want to get too much. History is not going to be too kind to the way uh, America handled this crisis, I think. Uh, and I think it was driven a lot by politicians who were fearful, uh, media who was fearful, consumers who, who let that, who indulged that fear. And I, I'm, I'm scolding here, but I think that's, that's the end result. So the takeaway is calm down. What, what Jesus says is here, you know, just in a simple sentence, three, three short sentences. Uh, do not fear, it is I. Or take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. That's your takeaway. Excellent. Uh, the takeaway, very, very nice, and I, I, I do feel scolded, but uh, that's awesome. Uh, Michael Cropper, your takeaways. Boy, I wish I'd have heard from Steve before I went out and bought all this meat today. <laughs> nice. Hey, you're just stocking the freezer. <laughs> no, I, I didn't do chicken, but I'll do brisket. <laughs> <laughs> no, Steve, that was, that was great. You're absolutely correct. Um, the, the, the news media plays on our feelings and our emotions. They've done it forever. They, they will do it. And, and the more they have our attention in the media, whether it's on TV or whether it's social media, they will use it to, uh, to benefit themselves. And, and you, I, I can't think of a, a better way of expressing that than what you did, what you said there. Uh, just a couple things to take away on this. Uh, I think there's two types of paralyzing fear that we have to deal with. Bill did ask for us to speak practically. So I'm going to tell you, uh, if you've ever thought you may have, ha you might have cancer, uh, what does that do to you? That cripples you or paralyzes you unless you take control of your own emotions and your own feelings. And the same thing would be occur now if, 
if you think you might have some symptoms and you might have the coronavirus, it may terrorize you. It's the same type of fear that the, uh, the disciples experienced when they were in the boat. But folks, don't let that destroy you. Don't let that take control of you. You must control it. You must control your emotions. You must control your feelings. If you think you might have any problems, any, any serious sickness or illness, go to the doctor and check out and have them check you out. Do not let it control you. And I'm trying to be practical with you because we all go through things at one time or another. Uh, the ups and downs of coronavirus is just another way of controlling us. But was it planted? I don't know. They say it comes from a lab in China, where, which means it could, could have been manipulated from another type of virus. Who knows? I, I, I do remember, and I want to point out one thing, and, and also, folks, be realistic in how you, how you prepare and protect yourself. Last week, I read that a minister died, and he refused to follow the rules, to wash his hands and avoid crowds and wear masks regarding the coronavirus. And his statement was that my God is bigger than the COVID-19. Guess what? He caught the virus because he wouldn't. He refused to avoid crowds. He, uh, he didn't do everything he was supposed to. And he died last week. So folks, be practical. Another practical bit of advice, do follow what they recommend. If you, can, if you don't have a mask, wear a handkerchief wear a scarf, wash your hands regularly, uh, sanitize your hands, and then, uh, uh, you know, avoid the big crowds until this thing is diminished where you, we are safe again and able to go outside. All right, Bill. Well, and very good. Uh, some takeaways uh, from you, Professor. Yeah, I'm, I'm laughing when Steve was talking about being all manipulated. So, the Great Depression from 1929 got its name because it was the Great Depression. The uh, 2008 crisis is alternately referred to as potentially the uh, Great Recession or the housing crisis. I saw this one today called the Great Repression. <laughs> Steve, Steve is laughing. Um, coming from the time when because it, we basically caused an economic collapse because we shut the country down right or wrong because of a quote-unquote pandemic scare so my takeaway is is in reality and that was not my takeaway that was just a laughter my takeaway is don't be afraid to get out of the boat in your faith in your work life in everything you do don't be afraid to take legitimate risk there is such a thing as a risk reward. Mike talked about um, the pastor. Is it risky to get in a crowd of 100 people you don't know and shake hands and do all that right yeah. now? Yeah, it is. Is it risky to go out walking at night at the park, not wearing a mask, as long as you maintain distance between people that aren't part of your household? Probably not. It's probably good for you because you need to get out and move a little bit and do those things. It's balancing out those risk and rewards, and we have to do that in every walk of our life. Our faith, through our faith, through everything we do, and that's the thing we have to get ready for. And that's really, to me, that's always been one of the takeaways from this lesson, that you can't be afraid to get out of the boat to do the things that God is calling you to do. 
Excellent. Very wise. And uh, and finally, so, uh, a couple of practical takeaways from uh, Deacon Kyle, Kyle Trahan. You know, most of us fear change. And getting out of the boat is, is definitely a risk that we all fear. You know, uh, again, I, I, I mentioned about our own careers and I think about myself and I've gotten out of the boat a few times, you know, and it's uh, some of it's getting out of your comfort zone and trusting that if you've prayed and thought and done your due diligence of some of the, the things and the, the careers and everything that we've done, you know, getting out of the boat and keeping your eyes on Jesus, that that's the path that he has you on, I, I think is, is something to, to focus on. You know, um, Robert, you mentioned something that, that made me think of, you know, changing our routines. You know, uh, all of our routines are changed. Mine was, my, my entire calendar was just thrown out the window while I was driving one day. I didn't even realize it, but, you know, uh, then they just called it Corona. And so I, I'm trying to take on different habits, um, new hobbies, get, finishing up projects and, and, you know, some of that honeydew list that uh, well, I put on there myself of just things I want to do. You know, maybe it's change a job or something that's just been at the back of your mind of something to do. And I think if it's something that maybe God is urging you to do, then maybe you have to get out of the boat and take that chance. And that's scary as heck. I, I know I've done it a couple know, dozen times of all the different businesses I've been in, but I, I've been scared plenty of times that I've done it, you know, and, and I'm not focusing on the job thing. I'm just talking about in, in different aspects of our lives, things that we know we need to get out of the boat and jump into, not necessarily to sink, but uh, bad joke, I guess. Um, it's just, don't fear the change, I guess, is my takeaway. Excellent. And thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this is podcast number 151. Uh, we're so glad that you joined us, and I know this uh, has been tough on you, and it's been tough on us doing these last, I, I believe this is our sixth one that we've done by uh, teleconferencing, but it's going to get better. And uh, we hope that you have had the opportunity to identify with one of us panelists and know <clears throat> that, that we're in that boat in the storm with you. So uh, this Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, we're on uh, uh, iHeartRadio, we're on Apple Podcasts, we have a website which is at man-upspiritualoasis.com, and all of our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. <clears throat> want to encourage each and every one of you to tune in well, weekly to this podcast and maybe other uh, faith-based media to help you during this time. And once this is over, we want to encourage you to join a local Bible-based church and find a adult Bible fellowship or a Sunday school class. Why local? 
so you'll go and go and participate in the small group and find a small group that is men only and if there's one start one this is man up you've been listening to man up you want the truth you can't handle the truth dedicated to the uncommon man created by equally uncommon men if i were the man i was five years ago i'd take a flamethrower to this place you can contact us on facebook under man dash up post questions and we'll answer them right here on the man up podcast